Welcome everyone to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. This is the week eight version of... Of the Eyes on Big podcast, aka the week eight version of the Big Ten schedule. Um, yeah, got some good football on tap. Gonna go off, gonna branch off here real quick on something just odd and different. Just you, you seem to know random things, and okay. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past you to know this, where I've heard about okay. this before. But um, very loose tie to Big Ten football. Okay, okay. Um, but. Uh, as as you know, and maybe mysteriously people know, I'm I'm involved with construction and consulting and being yes. on job sites and stuff like that. On a job site this week, there was a uh, a guy with the uh, with the GC. Okay, that we got to know that we're working with. Anyways, yeah. not gonna say his name. Not gonna. It, okay. But he was from Wisconsin. You would have liked him because his hard hat had a Green Bay Packers sticker. Oh, nice. On it. All so right. good. Doug the Carthaginian also there noticed the uh, uh, Green Bay Packers sticker right away. Going, got to, to, going to the game on Sunday, by the way, at kay. Lambeau Field. Good luck to you. Thank you. And your endeavors. Um, but anyways, this big, big dude, thicker dude. And we started just, you know, talking football. Yeah. And so he is. he went to, I believe it was West Bend East. He's from Wisconsin. Okay. So what's unique about that is West Bend East... And West Bend West, at one point, it was just West Bend. Okay. The the You city, think they would have gone north-south? You would think so, because yeah. West Bend West, West Bend or East. Central or something. Something know. like that, but you'd right? You'd think they would have steered away But part of that that they the did is because the city, they literally cut it down the middle mm-hmm. and went east and west, okay? Then, because they couldn't make up their mind how to do it, they built one gigantic school and literally mirrored the school where half of the... What? Yes. It's West Bend East on one side of the building. That's weird. West Bend West on the other side with a, a wall that literally separates them. They play in the same football stadium. One plays on one even weeks. One plays on odd weeks. They go back and forth. Wisconsin's own Zach Bond went there. That's oh, the okay. loose correlation i think he actually technically finished his last his senior year someplace else in wisconsin so it's or like whatever. the dmz it's like pan moon jam in, in between north and south korea okay <laughs> there you go or, or berlin back in the day yeah, if you sure. will before they tore that wall down by the way i've been to in pan moon jam like have you really i basically like 20 yards from north korea wow i mean i go. stood that far from a north korean soldier soldier that's that's kind of freaky. That that is not where I thought this little uh, situation was going to go, though. But here's the funny thing: so they go by birthdays, odd and even birthdays, on whether you go east or west. And if the oldest person in your family was born on an even birthday, you go to the east. I I don't know exactly what it is. So and then the rest of the kids in that family. So like my family had three okay. So pretty- one one. Kid goes there, like the oldest goes there, 
everyone's grandfathered into the same side. Bingo. Okay. So in our family, you know, Doug the Carthaginian, Darren the American, and myself, it would have been based off Doug the Carthaginian's birthday, which is on an even day. And therefore, we would have all gone to the same school. So in that situation, if you had a family move into town and the oldest kid, you know, was like a six, eight, you know, uh, power forward. Right. Right? And, and all the kids, you know, the younger brothers were the same. You would want to recruit him into town knowing that his birthday is on an even, even I, I don't know. I just thought it so was So whereabouts incredible. is this West Bend? Well, don't, don't ask me questions that deep into it. I don't, I don't really know, but it's somewhere in Wisconsin. I think it's pretty close to Milwaukee or something okay. like that. So interesting. I, I thought you'd get a kick out of that. No, that is interesting. I've never heard that. Um, yeah. That's news to me. There you go. Thought that was pretty cool. Pretty loose, pretty loose uh, uh, connection to Big Ten football, but we got there a little bit. So, all right. So we got five games this week. All five of the games are involving Big Ten teams, which means we have 10 Big Ten teams playing. Four teams are idle, 6-1 and one, Iowa, 7-0 and oh, Michigan State, 3-5 and five, Nebraska, and 3-4 and four, Rutgers. Uh, speaking of Nebraska, shout out to Eric Chenander, a.k.a. Chins, and his family. Uh, we forgot to mention it on the last podcast, the podcast before that. We wouldn't have known in time to know that. Very sad news, uh, Chins dad died in a car accident in in northeastern Iowa. Um, anyways, horrible news, but shout out to the Chins family. Yeah, horrible story, and you know, heart goes out to Eric and and his family. Yep. But uh, that must be hard. I mean, he, he coached last week after this happened. I just can't imagine. And I and I thought he would because. It was a coaching family and father, so you kind of wind up doing that. Yeah. But uh, probably good that it's a idle week for Nebraska so they can take care of that stuff. Um, some Illinois news. Uh, medically forced retirement for Jake Hansen, sounds like. Well, not, not necessarily forced retirement, but he had knee surgery. He's out for the remainder of the year. And also, well, actually, Mike Epstein, too, the running back, he's, he's not going to play again this year. I don't think he'll ever play football again. So that's maybe more medically induced retirement. Whereas yeah. with Jake Hansen, he'll get healthy. So I shouldn't have said retirement. No, think, retirement from college football, I guess. Is yeah, I that's, he's played his last down of football for Illinois. Uh, Stayed in Illinois a little bit. Um, interesting uh, press conference out of Beetle <laughs> this week. Do we want to go through some of the other injuries first? Well, let's just stick with the Illinois theme okay. first with that. Um, yeah, so there was a very interesting uh, presser that Beat had this week where he certainly appeared to throw his roster, or at least part of his roster, under the bus. And I certainly cringed when I heard it the first time. After going back a couple times and looking a little deeper, it's probably not as bad as it sounded. Yeah. Um, so maybe, here, why don't I just go ahead and, and uh, read some of the quotes here. And now he's saying this. First of all, the question he was asked, I never got to hear the question he was actually asked, but it must have been, about high school recruiting because they were out on the trail and right. in the week off. Right. So he, he started talking about the roster in general and how he was kind of, I mean, he, he kind of said that he was disappointed almost. Like he said, we knew sometime in the spring, midsummer, that, that probably we had more problems than we realized. And the funny thing is, do you remember us having the conversation on it would be interesting to pick Beatles' brain to see what oh, yeah. he thinks about the roster. We were just no talking need, about that, actually. No need to pick the brain. I think he pretty much, you know, 
played the cards or showed his cards out there and what he thinks. Yeah, he certainly did. So then he starts talking specifically about the quarterback room and the offensive line. Now, here's what he says about the offensive line. I don't believe we have a player in the offensive line too deep that they've recruited here over the last three years that is really significantly doing anything for us Yikes! in the playing department. It was the anything for us part that really hurt for me. Like, yikes. Come that on. Is, you can't really say and that. And that's with a couple guys that were preseason all Big Ten along no, the offensive he's talking line. About, he's specifically talking about that they who they've recruited over the last three years. Right. So I, I don't know if he means starting with the 21 class because that's, that's really Levy's class, right. which you can't expect anything out of those kids. Right. But the 20 class, they're all gone. All three of the offensive linemen transferred. So from maybe that class. that's more what he means. If you look deeper into it, it's that there's yeah. so many, so much attrition, and then a couple of the guys that were. But know, if you're starting with the 20 and going back to the 18 class, one of the starters is from the 18. class. So he's not talking about them. I guess not. But then there's three guys in the 2019 class that he's squarely got his eyes on saying. Either, I'm talking either, to you. Either bleep or get off the pod. I probably think. what he's saying. So let me say this. Like my my reactions to it were, were thusly. Uh, number one, I think it was as much as anything a shot at Lovey. Oh, uh, no, it was definitely a shot at Lovey. But I think he, I don't know, intentionally or unintentionally threw a handful of his offensive linemen under the bus. Which would then bring me into the next part with Beetle. And I don't want to pretend like I am some sort of Beetle expert. Like, uh, you know, there's family ties there. I mean, it, you know, we go back with, with, you know, family to when he played at Iowa and stuff like that. But, you know, and he coached at Iowa when I was there. Let me just say this. Um, Beetle was not... Uh, he was not a stranger to making harsh comments yeah. to his players. Okay. You you always knew where you stood with him. I think this is even so more do you of think an example he was of that. Maybe lighting a fire under I the ass. I don't of those think guys. there's any doubt about okay. that. Okay. So when like, I like as in we know we're not going to win a Big Ten West championship this year. We are now in getting ready to be better for 2022 mode. So we're going to start challenging people that are on the roster right now to either improve, work harder, or get the or hell out. We're going to replace you quickly. Right. That's what the transfer portal and recruiting is for. It was pretty harsh, but you, if I break it down like that, does it sound as bad? No, as it maybe? doesn't. And 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 I will if say, if you want, if if. Things were gonna get start to get figured out with the roster, and therefore how much better the team looked. Wouldn't you want it to start sooner rather than later? Yeah. So there you go. And to be honest, the the type of offensive lineman that the previous staff recruited does not fit what he wants. That's so true. he's probably just trying to. There you go. To be honest, but he's it was, probably trying to purge. It the was roster. an interesting twelve to twenty four hours of watching Illinois fans and Big Ten fans in general react to it. Oh yeah, a lot of negative reactions from other fan bases. I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't like it. Um, but I will say many of the players came out on Twitter in support of BLMI after I said it. I would say I understand why you or any other Illinois fan wouldn't like it. I just think it's more harsh reality getting to work than what I, I, I don't dislike it as much. Okay. So. I guess next time, maybe Bert just speak in more general terms, like. Yeah, we need to improve the roster a little bit. Instead of just focusing on a single position group. Boy, that offensive line, none of them are, are doing but, anything. But with for that us. being said, when we were at the one live Illinois football contest, were we was that not the position group we were pointing out that was struggling the most? Yeah, they were struggling. So yeah. Anyways. 
Any more, a couple more injuries here? Or? Well, P.J. Mustafer, defensive yep. tackle for Penn State, out Officially for the year. out for the year, yeah. Jay Sean Jones, wide receiver for Maryland, just found out today he's out for the year. Maryland linebacker Darrell Nchami, also out for the year. When Maryland has a football player injured, they don't mess around. It typically is a situation Boy. where they're out for a long time. Well, not that, not just that. They're a key player that's out for a that long too. time. That's another guy. I mean, they are they know how to down do injuries, to their man. third wide receiver, and it's the wide receiver that even before the injuries happen, we <laughs> thought he was struggling as much as anybody. Yeah. All right. Any more uh, little housekeeping injury stuff? That's all we got, man. All right. Let's get into the games. All of these games take place on Saturday, October 23rd. As we said, this is week eight. Um, I typically break down the weather forecast. I'm just going to tell you right now, here's the weather forecast. 50 to 55 degrees and gorgeous. It is going to be a beautiful day of, and I would say it's been a beautiful fall in general for football. Oh gosh, the weather's been fantastic. It's incredible. In West Lafayette, of course, because it's always bad in West Lafayette. Everywhere else has been fantastic. I think, to be honest with you, like 50s and sunny, isn't that the ideal weather for football? I would football? think so. Something like that. Yeah. Some Something around 50-ish. 50-ish, yes. Yeah. All right. First game up, the... Three and three Northwestern Wildcats coming into Ann Arbor to take on the six and zero number six ranked Michigan Wolverines again. We quite us into the top twenty five, quite us into the top ten, quite us into the sixth ranking. Isn't that for the- weird? How normally like they're normally so overrated, and everyone talks about it, like talks about where they're ranked. And now they've actually earned a really good ranking and nobody's talking about it. I would just go ahead and say anytime Michigan's ranked anywhere, it's it's a conversation. They are six, and it just seems right. Like, this oh, is where ab- they should be. No, it absolutely seems yeah, right. It's, it's just credible to me. Uh, 11 o'clock a.m. game. This is on Fox, a.k.a. the big noon game on Fox line. Wolverines by 23 over under 51. So Vegas is saying something like a 38 to 14 Wolverines victory. 70% of the bets are on Michigan. So Michigan, man. Number six ranking. They're first in rushing yards per game in, in the, the Big conference. Ten. In the Big Ten. Seventh Gen- nationally at 246 yards per game. He was dead last in the Big Ten in rush yards per game defense. Yeah. Northwestern Wildcats. Crazy. This seems like a really good matchup for the Michigan Wolverines. I, mean, I think you are pretty much cutting right to the chase on why Michigan is favored by 23. Another reason Perhaps while Michigan is favored by 23, they were idle last week. Yeah. You know, it just seems to be a lot of these teams. Maybe maybe I'm using my own recent scars to make this uh, statement, but it seems like teams that are coming off an idle week have been performing pretty well. Absolutely. Okay, exactly. I'm not making that up in my head. With that being said, Michigan's last time out on the field was against Nebraska. Um, they basically gave up the lead and kind of had to come from behind to a certain degree to or to hold off Nebraska to win the game. Maybe that win isn't looking so good after what Minnesota did to Nebraska. And if yeah. you really want me to go crazy with this, but would it really blow your mind if Nebraska turned around and challenged Ohio State in no, a couple weeks? No, not really. No. Because that's so I, – I don't know if I made an actual statement there, but um, my question is – how we we agree that Michigan should be ranked as high as they are. With that being said, how, how confident are we that Michigan is a good enough team to put anybody away by three and a half touchdowns, which is what they're favored here? 
Well, I don't know. I don't know why not. I mean, you've, you've we talked about the running game. They've got a great defense. 21st in total defense. Cade McNamara is the ultimate game manager right now. The guy is taking care of the ball, not turning it over. They, they, they've gotten back to more of the, the early days at Michigan khaki pants type of offense. They've kind of scrapped the whole spread thing. They're doing power football again. I don't know. Why can't they do that? Okay. So I, I don't disagree with anything you said right there. What is interesting to me is uh, Jordan, lots of other Michigan fans have been calling for a little J-Mac over C-Mac sure. here. I, I don't blame them. I, I can, you I, see it. Yeah, well, we've talked about this. Yeah, I, I, I would like to see, like, let's say, okay. Because it seems ahead of like ourselves. it's pretty much been a package where they, where they bring J.J. McCarthy in. What I think you're going to say is, would you like to see it more of J.J. McCarthy just getting straight up meaningful reps? No, I would, but I think, let, let's say, I'm getting ahead of myself, let's say they go up by a few scores, it's getting late. Put him in, get him reps, man. Okay. I want him to get a lot of reps, is, is assuming that the game is in hand, if that if that ends up being Making that assumption. Yeah. I would even go a step further and roll with him at the beginning of the game. Think so? Like, first quarter. Why not? I, I'm not saying... It, it is, it's easy for us to, to say that being armchair, you know, prognosticators watching this, but, like, what I can't help but think is... There just seems to be elements of the offense that he can bring to life with just sheer arm talent. I, yeah. Honestly, I think he's better in arm talent and leg talent, to be honest with you. I would say that's true. I, I But I would <laughs> I would say that C-Mac has probably maybe more of a knowledge of the offense, college football in general. And he seems like a good leader, too. And, and, I mean, he's thrown one interception in his entire time at Michigan. So, like... It's a lot easier for us to say it uh, as opposed to khaki pants making that decision. But if you think this is the future, are you going to wait essentially until next year? Or do you have the live game reps? This could be, no offense to Northwestern, the perfect time to try it. This is a home game, too. It's a home game. I mean, there's a lot going in their favor. Now, speaking of quarterbacks, Northwestern seems to have found themselves a yep. quarterback in Ryan Holinsky. I, I feel like... He's the guy. He's the be- he's played the best of all three quarterbacks we've seen this year. I'm assuming he's going to be playing, and he's actually. I-, I have confidence he can move Agreed. the football down the field. Through I the think air. Ryan Holinsky has looked better and better. Maybe it just took a little bit time to get confident in in the offense. I don't know exactly what it is. We're, we've still got uh, faith in Evan Hall. I believe. Oh, I mean, no it's, I, it's I been a pretty in, good rushing I have attack faith in the running game, but I feel like offensively. They're really complimentary now, adding Ryan Holinsky. I would say just in general, the Northwestern offense is better than what we expected it to be, which is crazy, 83rd in total offense, but that's not horrible. But 54th in rushing, that is pretty good. That's not too on, shabby. You know, that's getting close to being in the top one-third in rushing attack. Uh, wide receiver Steven Robinson, Malik Washington, they have wind up having good years. Like, it's crazy to think two weeks or so removed, uh, well, three weeks now removed from how bad Northwestern got blasted by Nebraska, that I really honestly believe there are positive things to pull out from this Northwestern team. Look, they they weren't going to stay down the whole year. No. And they're three and three. This is... I mean, that's... I know. It's it's kind of weird to look at that and see three and three because they've at times played so So bad. bad. But... There should be no team 
that has Northwestern on their schedule the rest of the year that oh, should no. be considering this an easy oh, win. No. Like, but do don't you feel that that thought process is lingering on Twitter and just maybe people you talk to or listen to on podcasts? Like, people are still chalking up Northwestern as an easy dub. Yeah. That's probably happening. I mean, that's it's, that's what they do, right? They lull you, lull you to sleep. I don't know if and it's the purple. I don't know what it is. They but. strike just as you're falling asleep. <laughs> With that being said, the team that seems to have never cared about the Fitzy Magic is the team they're playing right now. When Michigan and Northwestern get together, it's not just a Michigan win, typically. It's a Michigan route. Yeah, last last win for Northwestern was 2008, which was the, the forgettable... Was that the Hoke years, or was that back in oh. Retrod years? That would have been Retrod. 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 That would have been Retrod. Okay, so and, it's, it's been a time. And before that was 2000, when Northwestern won the Big Ten. I was actually at that game. Wow. And before that was 95 and 96, when they also won the Big Ten. Okay, so those are the last three those, wins. Those are four total. 2008, 2000, 95, 96. That last time Northwestern has beaten Michigan. Correct. Okay. Don't think it's going to happen this Saturday. I, I You pretty much cut to the chase at the beginning um, of all the things that you would think Northwestern would st- not be struggling at is been shutting people's rushing attacks down. It's been crazy. I think it takes a multiple rushing attack to kind of tag them a little bit. Well, guess what Michigan has? Northwestern's got to go on the road here. Michigan coming off of idle week. These are all the things coming in to Michigan favored by 23. But with that being said, I think there's just a little too many points that Michigan's favored by. I've got Michigan 37, Northwestern 17. So I've got 17 points being put on the board. So at 20-point difference, that's a slight Northwestern cover, and I've got the over at 54 points. The over. Okay. So I'm not too far away from you. I got Michigan. 37. Okay, are you serious? Northwestern 10. I just don't see him putting up that yeah. that many points on this good Michigan defense. So that's a Michigan cover and that's an under. I'm I'm really still I'm riding those unders, man. I until understand. they until they start failing me, I'm riding. I them. did find myself this week a little bit like I think at one point, first glance at my sheet, I had 5 for 5 unders and I kind of went through and looked at it a little bit. Like I I never typically stick with my first glance. Sometimes I do. But afterwards, I'm like, you know, some of these games have got to start going over. And there's games. Well, I know. So I keep thinking the same thing. I went through and I was picking my first time through. I was picking a bunch of overs. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. I've been winning with the unders. Stick with it. Yeah, stick with it, baby. All right. Next game up, the two and five Illinois fighting Illini coming into Happy Valley to take on the five and one number seventh ranked Penn State Nittany Lions. Also an 11 o'clock game game. This is on ABC line Nittany Lions by 23 over under 46.5. So Vegas is saying something along the lines of 35 to 10 Penn State. 70 percent of the bets are on the Nittany Lions. You want some good news? Sure. All right. If you're a Penn State fan, here's some good news. Sean Clifford was practicing. Today. Sounds like. Sounds like he's practicing. Oh, yeah, I saw pictures of him practicing. Yep. He was out there. He was yep. suited up, full pads, taking a snap, yep. throwing the football. Yep. Looks so, like he's going to play. To refresh people's memory that maybe don't stay on top of this stuff quite as much, uh, Sean Clifford took a shot what looked like to be to the ribs in the Iowa game. I still don't know if we've ever officially heard exactly what it was, but it seemed midsection ribbish. Um, so 
with the idle week last week, so another team coming off an idle week, the thought process was, you know, can we get a little cortisone shot? Can we get them ribs moving around a little bit? Yep. Sounds like he's practicing a little bit. I've never had a rib injury. It seems to be Neither something that would be excruciatingly painful. It, it just, I feel like I know what it feels like, if that makes any did sense. Did I just guarantee myself a rib injury <laughs> coming up? We probably both did. One of us is going to hurt the ribs just walking upstairs out of the downstairs athletic club. So here's one of the big questions I have, though. Okay, so let's say he's healthy, quote-unquote. He's going to play. They want him to get some reps. How long is he going to play? Bingo. And then, I mean, it sounds like almost for sure, Taquan Robinson and actually, actually Christian Velez, I don't know how to say his last name, third-string quarterback, kind of second-string quarterback. In relation to Chelui? They probably are related, I would think. They'd have to be. Um, yeah, I, I think they all kind of got reps this week. Call me Mr. Optimistic, but I actually liked what I saw out of Taquan Robinson in the second half he's, versus he's talented dude. You can see the talent. He reminds me of juice point. Oh, the way he moves around. Like he's insanely quick, not the tallest guy in the world. I think he throws a pretty ball. I think there's enough talent there for a really good off, uh, offensive coordinator in Mike Yersich to unlock what he can do, especially if you give him two weeks of rest. Now I'm not saying I don't want to see Sean Clifford. I'm just saying, I'm excited to see what Taquan Robinson can do if he gets a lot of the reps, especially having a lot of the reps in practice the last couple of weeks. You know, Penn State, they've been working on the run game this year. It hasn't been great, but it's been improving. To me, this is like Wisconsin against Illinois. This is a get-right game. Get that running game going the way you want it to. Yeah, and then flipping over to Illinois, also coming off an idle week. we got a double idle week showdown here. But it doesn't seem to be an idol. I mean, you could, I guess you could say it was a tumultuous idol week for both teams. Uh, Sean Clifford's hurt. Uh, Penn State coming off the, you know, annoying loss to Iowa. Um, Illinois didn't seem like it was anything that tumultuous until Beetle kind of threw, you know, just dropped yeah, the fart but in the room I, and walked out. But I mean, at first I'm like, boy, that's not going to play well for the game this weekend. But it seems like it seems like the players. Shrugged it Pretty off. much responded, I don't, okay. I don't imagine that's going to affect this game at all. Okay. Um, with that being said, I don't think there is a ton of reason to have confidence that Illinois would come up with an upset here because no. I don't think there's anything I can point at right now that I feel great about with Illinois. Well, here's the thing. For, for Illinois to upset Penn State, okay, they, they've been playing some decent defense. They're still giving up a lot of points, but they've been playing – better than we're used to seeing them play. They would have to play lights out on defense. They'd have to run the ball like mofos, right? Yeah. Because they're not going to pass the ball. They can't they've we've we've seen they cannot throw the football. As, so they would have and to I would run think for they 300 would, yards to win this game. And I would think they would especially have a hard time throwing the ball versus this Penn State back seven. I mean, the D-backs have been mostly right. fantastic for Penn State. I will say though that the one, you know, glimmer of hope, the the crack in the door if you will is Illinois has shown signs of running the ball effectively. Penn State defense has shown signs of not being fantastic against the run. But one would also think that they could essentially bring eight in the box most of the time. I would think so. That's what I would do. Keep, keep, you know, three D-backs, four D-backs in the back end when, long story short, if you put a lot of guys in the box, it's going to put pressure on the, on the passing attack to make plays. I don't feel extremely confident they're going to be able to do that versus this Penn State team. 
With that being said, I don't know. Call me crazy. This this isn't a cover for Illinois playing so well as it is. I don't know if Penn State is just going to come out on fire after the idle week with a banged up quarterback and whatnot. So I have got Penn State 31, Illinois 10, and at only 41 points, that is my Amador double barrel lock of the week. The under. The to under. Be specific. Okay. Well, interesting. Wow. We, we got a bottle of Amador in front of us right here. What am I going to do with that? All right. So I'm going a different direction. I am concerned about Clifford playing for a long time. Okay. That's the only that's the only thing giving me a little bit of hesitation here. But I'm still going I just I don't see Illinois going out to Happy Valley and playing well. Okay. And they never do. Okay. Why why is it just suddenly going to happen? Right. And and the the, the the season's not going well. I don't know. The beat comments, I don't think it's really going to make a big difference. But I just don't see anything going in Illinois' favor here. So I'm going Penn State, 42, okay. the Illini 10. That's good for a Penn State cover in my Amador <laughs> double barrel lock of the week. Wow. And that's an over right there. All right. So we got Amador double barrel lock of the week. Same game. I'm going over or under. You are taking Penn State to cover. All right. Next game up. I don't know. I think I have a feeling that I'm more interested in this game than most humans, even more most Big Ten humans. This one just has got my interest. The four and two Maryland Terrapins coming into town to take on the four and two Minnesota Golden Gophers. Two thirty p.m. game as we move into the afternoon on ESPN two line Gophers by five and a half over under fifty four point five. So Vegas is saying something along the lines. Of 30 to 24 Gophers, 72% of the bets are on the Gophers. Well, Minnesota had a big win over Nebraska last week. So is the letdown factor one of your... That's interesting. One of your possible, I mean, Um, rivalry game. Minnesota fans love beating Nebraska. Yeah, that is interesting. I have took this more as we have recaptured momentum and we get a second game at home. So I understand where you're going with that, but no, I don't think this falls on the schedule. To me, this is can we keep the good feeling going? Is it because you've got two four and two teams going head to head? It just seems to be an interesting matchup. We've got Maryland coming off an idle week. So back to the theme of teams looking pretty hot coming off that week of rest. Maryland definitely could use that week of rest. Um, they've known these players have been out for quite some time. I mean, I think it just kind of got release this week. So, you know, we've talked a lot about locks being the guy that you give him enough time. He starts drawing plays up in the dirt, yeah, right? That's where I think I'm okay. getting at where it's like, I think locks is smart enough to understand that after two really tough performances versus Iowa and Ohio state, yeah. the, the last two times we've seen him on the field, I think he knows that they have got to come up with a better performance. I know it's on the road, but this could be their kind of last chance to get some momentum and, you know, not get to the Big Ten Championship, but bowl game and and an overall good year. They have got to take advantage of, of this opportunity they have this week. Well, there's no doubt they have a bruised psyche right now after yes. the last two games. Did you know that Maryland is dead last in points per game allowed in the Big Ten? It's not good. Um, and the thing is, is their total defense is 75th. It's not Well, I, what I was going to say is, I don't think their defense is that bad. 
They just happen to be last in points per game. You're obviously not doing your job on defense when you're that behind. They also just but, played Ohio State, and they had a horrible game against Iowa. And 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 turnovers by the offense in general has been part of the deal on, yeah. on what's on uh, uh, attributed to how many points they've given up. But you look at the you look at these things. Uh, total defense: Minnesota twenty seventh. Maryland 75th total offense Minnesota 104th I that just seems impossible and Maryland's 31st wow remember at the beginning of the year when I made a bold statement that Minnesota's defense would finish further you up you did you did I, I'm not I'm not calling my shot officially but we're getting pretty close when you're 27th to 104th we'd have to see a almost a reversal from Minnesota's offense and defense and 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 talking about Minnesota like we we kind of glanced through them a little bit, but is this as simple as they were banged up for most of the year with their targets and just the passing attack in general versus Nebraska? They just gosh, in the first got, half they looked great. I mean, they looked incredible. It looked like 2019 to the point. So you know they can do it. They can do it. Yeah. Will they just do it consistently? Will will their offensive quarter, their much belayered offensive quarter, will this be the time of the year where he's like, in order for us to put points on the board, we are going to have to open up the offense and continue to throw the ball down the field. That It seems obvious to me, but you look at some of the play calling that's happened with Minnesota, it hasn't been the case all year. I, I don't know if we're out of the woods yet with that. That's another thing that intrigues well, I think me about gonna, this game. You're going to have to lean on the passing game. I Don't get me wrong. I think... Bucko is great. Bryce Williams is good. Kai Thomas is showing some flashes. I think you've got a solid trio back there, but I don't think any one of them are as good as Trey Potts or Mo Ibrahim. That's so, obvious. So you have to, I agreed. think you have to start throwing the so ball. So to more. take pressure off younger running backs, no doubt. throw yeah. the ball. Uh, here's another thing uh, Minnesota plays up for good competition. They do. Down for not so good competition. What's Maryland? I, 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 that. Because I, I can't, still think they're good competition. You still think Maryland's good competition. They're but four and is, two. But I'm not even sure that applies here because it's it's two pretty evenly matched teams. I, I think I, so. I, I don't think they're pl- there's playing up or down here. I mean, with Minnesota being a five and a half point favorite at home. I mean, if you're going by what this general thought process is, you get a three point bump yep. being at home. So they view this as a two and a half. Right. You know, close to a field goal. Minnesota being better. Long story short, they believe these are two. Closely ranked teams. Yes. Closely matched teams is what I should say. Okay, but have I set the table enough? Like, we've got our, to me, the two best games this week are the afternoon games, of course, the two games that I probably am dialed in the most because the other two games that we've broke down so far, we've got one to go. We believe, and so does Vegas, that these these are going to be blowouts. The two games that Vegas and and myself, I I think probably you agree, that think they're going to be the closest are the two afternoon games. That's kind of annoying. Um, With that being said, um, I just feel like it's a momentum thing. Minnesota is an all-around better team. I think they both got pretty good defenses, but I do think Minnesota is is better. We thought Maryland would have the more explosive offense. We've seen it at time, but like... I just think they've lost too much. They've lost too much. Yeah. And I still am not super impressed with Maryland's offensive line, and I think Minnesota's front seven is good enough to get pressure, but I'm just not confident to go nutso on this. So I've got 
Minnesota 30, Maryland 24. You mm. want to find something funny? That is exactly how Vegas essentially plays out the score. Right. I had the score written down before I knew what I did the math nice. on what the total is. So that is a slight uh, Minnesota cover. And at 54 points, that is a half point under the 54.5 total. I think Vegas has dialed this in. If you gamble on this, have fun with it. So uh, there's a couple things that are going against Maryland. Traveling from the East Coast, they're going to be looking around, seeing where the crab cakes are, some advice for them. For all you Maryland players, coaches, don't even try the crab cakes. Not worth it out here. Rakim Jarrett, I think they can just kind of focus in on him. I think the the Gophers can focus in after losing Dante Demas and Jayshon Jones. So those couple things, I give the advantage to the Gophers. Minnesota 30, Maryland 20 and okay. an under. Okay, so a little bit easier cover for Minnesota from you. Yeah. Not good crack capes, but try the Juicy Lucy's would be, I, I think. And, and if it's me, I would go to the Blue Door Pub for your Juicy Lucy. Blue Door's the best. Blue Door's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Can't go wrong there. The Eyes on Big podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels this Double barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip neat or in your favorite bourbon cocktail, Amador is the perfect go-to this fall on game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California, and as always, hashtag ask for Amador. Two games left. Next game up on our docket, the 5-1, number 5-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes coming into Bloomington to take on the 2-4 Indiana Hoosiers. This is a 6.30 p.m. game on ABC. Line Buckeyes by 20, over under 60. Easy math on that one. Vegas is saying 40-20 to 20 Buckeyes. 90% of the money is on the visiting Buckeyes. Wow, 90%. Quite a bit. Man, so my biggest question in this game is how can Indiana score enough points to hmm. keep this thing remotely close? Okay. Because we, I mean, look, the Ohio State defense is improving. Right. And you got to, the Indiana offense has been, let's be honest, putrid. Right. They're terrible. Right. I mean, in fact, this week, Tommy Allen, my guy T.A., he said, and he, he said this before, that we'd see quarterback Donovan McCulley, the true freshman. We did see him, for, a, but he just ran the ball. He never threw it. He's, he says, expect to see more of him this week. I just hope he doesn't kill. Right. So, essentially, long story short, um, nothing is happening with the first two quarterbacks we've played. We're willing to try whatever we can to it, get points on the board. So true freshman against Ohio State. Just throw them out there. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's a game at home, but yeah, that's and it. And I mean, we're going to obviously talk a lot about Ohio State here in a little bit, but you know, throwing them against Ohio State, I understand that, but this hasn't been a fantastic Ohio State defense. They're 76 no. in total defense. Now, the interesting thing about that is they used to be ranked a lot worse right. on defense. They've actually steadily improved, but some of that has to do with the teams they played, one of them being Rutgers. I mean, that was just a total athletic mismatch. I think you can somewhat say that against Maryland. For the second week in a row, Maryland loses one of their top wide receivers pretty early in the game. Things didn't exactly start very well for Maryland. They kind of snowballed from there. But again, you know, I think... The Indiana that we've seen this year has kind of been the Indiana, the same Indiana all year long. We just haven't yeah. realized that it's been, it's been a defensive, you know, uh, led team that struggled on offense, but they muck up almost 
every single game that they play in. They do. That's a good point. But here's the thing. Taiwan Mullen and Reese Taylor have both been injured. I don't know if either of them are even going to play. I th- They've now, been going deep into they that were, I think room. they were close last week. Okay. So it is my take that we'll see them this week. If they can go, you know they're going to want to try to take on those Buckeye. Right, but if they wider, don't, oh I know. my goodness. But yet, you know, that was the case last week. That's that's not an unexplosive Michigan State team that yeah, we saw last point. week. And that defense came together. With that being said, I do have shades of last year, and I it's Justin Fields, and it's different, but those Buckeye wide receivers were running all over that Indiana secondary. I, I know it's last year, and we shouldn't use that, but like yeah. it is something that plays in because you switch over to Ohio State. I mean, breaking down these these offenses. I mean, they're they're number one in total offense, five hundred and sixty three yards per game. The next game or team that's up to them is actually a team that's on TV right now, Coastal Carolina, Chanticleers. Uh, but they got a Chanticleers, but they got quite a gap over them. Ohio State coming off of an idle week, probably. Ooh. I know they're on the road, but I, I I I don't know when's a good time to play Ohio State, but. Coming off an idle week when they even have a little bit more of a chance to dial things in, a little well, bit scary. And look, the passing game's clicking, running game's clicking. Travion Henderson looks like he's one of the best running backs in the country right now. I there's, I, I just, I don't see Indiana matching up really well on either side of the ball. It doesn't look good. Um, and if you look at all of the top teams, I will say in the top 15 of, of, of college football right now, if you look at them, they uh, on offensively, Michigan can run the ball a little bit, struggling throwing the ball. Georgia can run the ball a little bit, struggle. Alabama can throw the ball, kind of struggling running the ball. Ohio State is the only team right now that you could say their rushing attack is dang near as good as their passing it's attack. Amazing. This is and, and again, this was a, an offense and quarterback that people were doubting with C.J. Stroud Correct. not that long ago. And all of a sudden you look out and you're like, they're incredible again offensively. Absolutely. So with all that being said, I don't know what to say other than Vegas kind of remains stodgy with that line. All of this money, 90% of the money is on the Buckeyes. That line only moves pause. a point and a point and a half. I'm going to try to take the red flags when I can see it. Yeah. I do think this is the best defense that Ohio State has played this year. Maybe Minnesota. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. No, I think it's probably Indiana. Okay. So maybe Indiana just mucks it up and makes it a little bit ugly at the beginning. Ohio State pours on the points. But in the end, I've got Ohio State 35 Indiana 17. I think they're going to figure oh. out a way to get some points on the board. Maybe we're even going to see the old Hoosier you know, led by the defense interception turnover. Okay. I, just, I just can feel it. So 35 to 17 at 52 points, I've got the under 60. Yeah, it just scares me with Taiwan, Taiwan Mullen, Reese Taylor. If there's still, let's say they play, maybe they're still dinged up. I just don't see this to be much of a contest. I got Ohio State 42, Indiana 7, easy Ohio State cover, but an under. I'll be honest with you, I can see it. That type of prediction was my initial prediction in my head. But in the end, I don't know. I just, there's a gut feeling of Indiana mucking it up. I I hope they do. I would like to see a good game. All right. Next game up, the Big Ten game of the week. I'll just make a statement here. We got two Big Ten West teams. Me thinks that 
this will very quickly move into almost predominantly Big Ten East teams for the Big Ten game of the week from here on out. I think it'll be heavily weighted on the Big Ten East <laughs> on the back end of the schedule. The 3-3 three and three Wisconsin Badgers coming into West Lafayette, a dry and sunny and nice West Lafayette, I don't I'd like believe to point you. out. <laughs> That's what they're saying. We'll see if the, uh, if the weather people are on. Who are they playing? They're playing the 4-2, newly ranked number 25 Purdue Boilermakers. You beat the number two team in the country. You get a bump. Don't say we never did nothing for you, Purdue fans. This is a 2 o'clock p.m. game, so we're going back in time here a little bit. This is on BTN. Quite the quite the game on BTN here. BTN, yeah. no kidding. Getting, wow. getting one of the best games of the week in the Big Ten line. Bucky by three, so the road team is favored here. Okay, and so let me say this first. Vegas is saying twenty-one to seventeen about Wisconsin. Sixty-two percent of the money's on the Boilermakers. Mm. So when you got Bucky by three, and Vegas is saying around twenty-one seventeen, why? Because the over/under is thirty-eight point five. Last week, Wisconsin it was thirty-nine, played, right? Played a a service academy. It was thirty-nine. We're a half point <laughs> under with Wisconsin and Purdue. And last week it went down to 37, though. <laughs> okay. So eventually. who knows? Maybe maybe, maybe, maybe this will nosedive at so, the end. Purdue, I just can't say enough about their defense yeah. this year. They are second in the conference in points per game allowed. 13th Purdue. in total defense in the country. And, 13th. And the thing is, they're good versus the run, and they're good versus the pass. It's a balanced defense. It is. And I tell you what, George Karlaftis, I, I read that he had 10 hurries against Against Iowa? Yeah, his what was on the stat line, as impressive as it was, still wasn't as good as what he actually did in the game. And, and you know, it is, was overshadowed by what David Bell did. I mean, he's basically the David Bell of their defense. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, and George Karlaftis has been, I, I, I don't think he's going to finish his time at Purdue with just overwhelming stats. Mostly because most uh, offensive lines, they focus on him and chip him up. I still think he's got a chance to wind up being a first-round draft pick because I think he's as good against the run as he is against the pass. Maybe not quite. Maybe he's a little bit better against the pass, but he is stout in both is the point. Long story short, he is definitely a catalyst of this defense. Anybody that has not been paying attention. It wasn't just against Iowa. This defense has looked good all year. And also, I mean, 54th in total offense. This is a and, this is a good football team. And they seem like, this is what I like, I see, they seem to have decided that Aiden O'Connell is their quarterback. I know they do the whole three-quarterback thing. That At the beginning monster. versus Iowa. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, I don't know. It seems yeah. like he's hell-bent on staying with that. I would just put Aiden O'Connell out there. But it, se- it seems, regardless... Aiden O'Connell is quarterback one. He's going to put Aiden O'Connell out there to start, but if Aiden O'Connell is not doing what Jeff Brom wants him well, to do, that's true. he's going to not, it's not going to surprise me, you, or anybody else watching the game to see him a different quarterback. Get that's put a good in. point. About, so you asked a question about Minnesota. Big win, are they up or down? I would ask the same question to you about Purdue. Big right. win last week versus Iowa. How do you think they're going to respond oh, okay. this week? Well, that's a great point. It's, this, is, this is a potential letdown game. And... Call me crazy, but I believe I've seen Purdue beat Iowa pretty consistently in the last five years, correct? That's a good point. How many how many times has it been late in November and Purdue has been knocking on the door to get to Indianapolis? 
What? Not. So not. this has been my question to some of my Purdue followers. Are we going to see Purdue finally capitalize on the momentum and attention they get after knocking off because they've done it to Iowa, they've sure. done it to Ohio State? Yeah. Are you going to capitalize and do something with it? I, I'm I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. I'm literally just curious and wondering how confident Purdue fans are that they can win eight, nine, ten games and get to Indianapolis. Well, and I have a question. Teams like this that kind of come out of nowhere and suddenly get ranked, sometimes they panic as it soon is as they get ranked. Like Whoa, whoa, now we got the eyeballs on us. Yeah, we're not used to this. You know what also is another thing that might concern you is the fact that you're playing this Wisconsin defense. It's still incredible. Second in the country in total defense, 225 yards per game. So they stopped the run, but isn't this a little Iowa spider meme? It is. Like, they don't give a crap. Okay, stop the run. It doesn't matter. We're not going to try anyway. We're just going to throw the ball. 100%. If you're going to touch up this defense, that's how you do it. You do it through the air. Absolutely. I feel feel like this is is reminding me of the Iowa game. Dude, there's a lot of – now, the big difference is, you know, Purdue is coming off the idle week. I'm not saying Iowa didn't take them seriously. That's not what I'm saying at all. But, like, they did kind of catch them at a good timing. Not quite the case here. I mean, last week – uh, Wisconsin marched all over the field versus Army, so the rushing attack did come alive there a little bit. I do think Wisconsin can have some success running the vol- ball versus Purdue. I think Purdue. they should be able to have some. The, the, but I mean, can they protect Graham Mertz, especially know. with Karlaftis? I just don't feel I don't because have it's confidence. not like it's not like Wisconsin's offensive line has been no head and shoulders above the defensive lines they've played this year. No, they haven't been able yeah. to protect him. So I feel like Karlaftis is getting to Graham Mertz. And so they're I, gonna have to run the football and run it well if they want to win the game. I I I one hundred percent agree with that. Here here is you want you want to hear just some crack analysis right here? Please. Do both teams have good defenses? Yes. Do both teams have good offenses? No. Who's got the better offense? I think probably Purdue does. So that's what I got. I got Purdue 23, Wisconsin 16. Okay. Almost made this at one point. I, I went all the way from I have no idea what I'm going to pick, mostly because of what I talked about before in that I, I why is Wisconsin favored and do I trust Purdue? Right, like to do something with it. Then I had a quick conversation with Darren the American. Okay. He got me thinking. And I'm like, yeah, I, I just think Purdue is better, but I couldn't quite rip the cord to make it the lock of the week. But I think it's an intriguing play that you're getting three points with this Wisconsin yeah. offense that's struggling. Right. And at 39 points, I've got a half a point over. Okay. That's barely any points. I mean, it don't take much to get over 38 and a half. Okay. So I'm not I'm not too far away from you, actually. Okay. okay. So the, the, the one that gave me pause was the poopy diaper possibility, where, uh-oh, we're ranked now. Now we got to crap in our pants and play like crap in our pants. Right. But I don't care. I'm I'm running with Purdue because I'm having fun, baby. Purdue 20, Wisconsin 17, so that's a Purdue cover. And that's an under because it's just too much fun. Get Go take the under. Get have to take, take a chance. I, I at one point was going to do it, but I'm just like, oh, my gosh, they're not going under 38.7 yes, points two weeks in a row, but maybe they could. All right, that's all I got. Me too. Sir. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kirk. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.